Hey, I'm Scott, and welcome to North Star Communities Podcast. And I'm Teresa. Glad to be here today with you, Scott. Um, thank you. You're welcome. You're here with me every day, but today you you have to be grateful for it. I am. Today I'm unusually grateful for it. Well, good. I guess it's going to be a good day. I think so. All right. We are recapping um, a message, as we always do, from this past weekend. Uh, so if you weren't here, it was the weekend of, let's see, today's the 13th, uh, the 10th. The 9th and the 10th, March 9th and 10th. I know you think people don't care, but people have actually told me that knowing the date helps. So, in your face. Hmm. 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 <laughs> um, so, in uh, in short, uh, well, you were doing the message. I was. And you were trying to help us uh, identify the difference between what is our work to do and what isn't our work to do, or what is our responsibility and what is not our responsibility. Not only did I try, I accomplished it. (laughs) You succeeded. (laughs) Um, So tell us uh, a little bit about why it's important to be able to delineate between what is our responsibility and what isn't our responsibility? What problems result from us not understanding uh, those things? Okay, so it's two-pronged. Prong one, um, and in keeping sort of with the theme that I had for the series that I was teaching on, I think when we get this confused, it hinders our believing. Mm-hmm. So one of my points that, that I was... Um, trying to make, I'm not sure I succeeded at that one a couple of weeks ago, was this idea that what you think, what you do, what you do with how you feel, all that stuff actually has an effect on your belief system. Right. And your belief system, in theory, should have an effect on what you think and do and feel. But it is when we only think about option two that I think we get in trouble. So I think that one of the things that I was trying to address here was this idea that, you know, from a spiritual framework, um, we are either deepening our belief or we are hindering our believing by what we think, do, feel, how we interact with others. That's thing one. Thing two. Thing two is... uh, This is a problem in the world of how we love one another. So when we get these two things messed up, uh, we're also hindering how we relate and love to one another, which also goes back to our belief. So to me, this is a real spiritual problem. When you say we get these two things mixed up, do you mean uh, not my responsibility versus my responsibility? Yeah. Like when we get confused and our wires switched on what our responsibility is versus what our responsibility is not. Yeah. All right. I want to start by causing some drama. I love drama. Is it llama drama? No. Oh. Ah, It has nothing to do with children's books. That's disappointing, but go ahead. So the message was largely crowd-based, crowd interaction-based, right? So Mm -hmm. you ask these questions of what are you, let's see, I'm trying to remember, what was the, do you remember the exact question you asked of the crowd? 
Uh, where do you have resentments? Oh, where do yeah, you yeah, have... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? What do what you, do you resent? resent? There was a third thing. There was a third thing. But one of the guys said he worried about his wife and uh, daughter's well-being while he was in treatment. Yeah. And you said that was not his responsibility to be worried about. So here's the drama. Yeah. Why did you say that? Well, because there's a difference between worrying about somebody's well-being versus being a person who contributes to someone else's well-being. So I thought that he was in the this is not my responsibility circle of he was worrying about what was the consequences for his family, um, how they were feeling, what their opinions were, and all that stuff, rather than turning his attention to what is his responsibility. How is his behavior affecting the well-being of his family? How are his words affecting his actions, his efforts, his mistakes, his consequences so affecting I, I, the well-being of well, the family? Well, hang on, because I think what he was saying is he was worried about whether or not his wife and daughter had food on the table in that context. Yeah. Is that I'm different? By my is that story. different to you? So no, oh, hold on. Hold on. No, this is no, blowing no, I this defend is, myself. Well, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> okay. Mind blown. Because I really uh, I could not disagree with you more if I tried. So that's this a, is the, okay. this is the drama. You okay. don't think a father should should you don't think it's appropriate for a father to worry about whether his wife and daughter's physical needs are being met. You're gonna make me cuss. <laughs> I do all right, here's the difference. I believe this is going to be clarifying. All right. Of course he should worry about whether there's food on the table. Okay. Okay. But this guy is seven days sober. He's in a treatment facility for guys who are homeless. Mm-hmm. He's getting all right up about whether there was food on the table. But 12 days ago, he was not wrought up, wrought up about whether there was food on the table when he was in a crack house for three days in a row and lost his job and didn't check in to see if his family was okay. So, so it's the circumstances for you that are, and I apologize for sounding so nasally. I have a cold and I'm embarrassed. I can hear my voice in the headphones and it sounds awful. Um, the difference for you is about, it's almost like, I know you're not saying this, but it's almost like you're questioning how authentic that worry is when it hasn't been a motivating factor for the kind of change that would need to take place prior that would actually address the needs that, uh, the worry is around. So, so in other words, oh, I'm not questioning his motivation. I'm challenging it. <laughs> so, so in other words, um, I think, okay, so I, I think it's okay for me to go here then since you just said that. What you're saying is if you are really that concerned 
change would have happened in your life a lot sooner. You would have been motivated to make changes so that you could provide for those things that you're saying you're worried about. Well, that's awfully harsh. Um, well, what? Yeah, well, you yes, sound I'm, you you're sounding harsh. So I know, but it, <laughs> I'm I'm much more okay with that when I'm saying it than when you are. Mm. Um, I think what I would say on that is yes and no. Yes, in that. Um, I know that this man whom I adore is going to need to be challenged to be more honest about the part he played in there maybe not being food on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Even as I have a great deal of compassion for the fact that substance use disorder is a disease. And so him his motivation isn't going to be Getting his motivation straight isn't necessarily going to get him sober, right? But because he he is not, he's really still in detox. He's not sober. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be surprised that his motivation is off. So I'm not really judging him harshly so much as challenging him as he's moving through the program to think about this a little bit differently which is going to give him clear pathways to being responsible and actually providing for his wife and kids. So would we say it like this? Your beef was that you felt like you got a, a right, a quote-unquote right answer rather than an authentic answer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, I didn't want to let that just fly unchallenged because – the right answers are not helpful to us. Mm-hmm. And and that uh, that might have even been like uh, inspired by a really great answer we got two weeks ago where one of our guys was saying on a Sunday morning, I'm just crying and crying and crying over my broken relationship with my daughter. He said this without prompting, which like got him a gold star in my book. He says, but you know what the truth is, Teresa? The truth is... I wasn't crying about my relationship with my daughter for the past 13 years when I've been, I mean, 13 months, because he had a 13-month relapse or slip Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can call 13 months a legit relapse and not a slip up, but mincing words. You know, to be honest with myself, Teresa, I wasn't crying about my relationship with my daughter in the 13 months that I was using. I was crying when I ran out of my supply. Right. And he had only been sober about seven days, too. Um, so I, I do think it's really important to be honest and, be, and, and, and push back a little bit. Because, you know, here, here's the neck. See, see, I'm as old as dirt, and you're still a fresh whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. The thought that follows the trail, I'm really worried about putting my family's food on the table. You know what? You know what the next statement is that comes after that? I need to get out and get a job. I need to get out and get a job. And you know what the next thing that comes after that, after you get the job? What, where do you, where do you spend your first paycheck? 
Well, it depends, but there's certainly a temptation there to spend it on something other than food, let's say. Right. So not trying to overgeneralize, but I'm just saying this is my life experience that when I hear somebody um, getting ahead of themselves, getting ahead of themselves, it's it doesn't make them bad people. <laughs> right. Uh, it you respect the disease. If you get ahead of yourself, the disease is gonna get on top of you. Yep. So that yeah, that was what I was saying. You know, I'm really glad I started with the drama because it it took us a little while, but I think we got where we needed to get. I think so too. And I think that was really helpful. And and let's see if I could summarize. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's I was looking, right. She's looking to the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I made a good point, and you're so glad that you followed up with that to see what mommy well, learned. I was not concerned about winning or being <laughs> right or wrong. I, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, trying to help bring clarity to a, a difficult subject. Yeah, it is a difficult subject. Because when I hear that, I think about myself and my role as a husband and father. Yeah. Right? And so uh, when I hear in uh, general terms, you shouldn't be worried about providing for your for your wife and daughter. Not I'm not that I'm the sole provider. Um I'm like, well, I mean, I I understand that my own anxiety exceeds uh, uh the levels that it should at times. Um however, I would never agree that it would be unimportant for me, you know, or that it would that I should push from my mind my concern uh for for caring for my family. Um, in, in, you know, trying to provide some security and stability. Right. But did you hear what you just said? You said, push from my mind, my concern for providing for my family. And that is what's motivating you, which FYI is in the circle of your responsibility. You, it is in your responsibility to provide and care for your family. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, I'm worried about food on their table. And there was no there was no connection with that and what his responsibility was. Just to be clear. See, now you've confused me again, and I don't know if I know what the what the difference is. Well, the difference is is you are thinking about your family's needs based on your responsibility. He was having an emotional, anxious feeling about his family without making any connection with his own personal responsibility. So, okay. All right, we're back in the drama. Would He's in a long-term treatment facility. Right. Is that not taking responsibility uh, for meeting his family's needs uh, it's a long process and it's going to happen over the long haul. And yes, they need to find ways to get their needs met while he's in there. But um, is that not taking responsibility? It depends, right? Why is he in there? Is he in there because he's got an outstanding felony warrant and he thinks that's going to look good to the judge? Is he in there... Uh, well, but we don't know the answer to that, do we? Exactly. And it's unfair to assume that he's in there for the wrong reasons. And we know that it doesn't matter what the reasons are that people get into treatment, that anything can happen once they're in there, even if they got in against their will or because it was court-ordered. 
I totally agree with you. And in the end, over the course of time, it might be revealed that that's absolutely true. But in that moment, you don't know that. And so that's why you don't you don't presume one way or another on that. But you do point somebody back to saying, here's your responsibility, and you affirm for them, here's your responsibility. Being in treatment is your work right now, and it is providing for your family. And I know that you have some anxiety about not bringing home a paycheck, but being able to bring home a paycheck on a consistent basis for the rest of your life, this is an in- you being in treatment, long-term treatment right now, can ultimately provide for that. Your concern is that he's not seeing the treatment as the thing that he's responsible for in the process of providing for his family. Right. And just to like give you a little bit more information, before the day even started, he was talking to me about how he was worried about food on the table for his family, so maybe he needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I had some little background information that the crowd didn't have. Um, and maybe my response to him would seem a little titillating and drama producing for the crowd. Maybe it seemed a little extreme, but I'd already had a personal conversation with him that told me where he was headed. And he was headed towards leaving and getting a job, which is which is not taking, not taking the responsibility, responsibility seriously. Right, 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 right. Got it. Okay. What's okay. next? So uh, I had a verse at the beginning um, that um, is really a small little sentence, so I'll go on and give it to you now. It's in the fourth chapter of Philippians, uh, seventh verse, and um, the author Paul has been given his brothers and sisters um, some instructions, and it's all about um, uh, disciplining yourself in certain ways, particularly in manners of gratitude and uh, what to do with your anxiety and how to be kind and respectful. And then he says this, Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe, in Christ Jesus. So I use this to illustrate the point that thinking about and disciplining our thoughts, uh, paying attention to our feelings, evaluating in a self-confrontational way, I guess, what we're doing, these things actually... um, impact the safety of our hearts and minds from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was just my little reminder from the scriptures. Um, And then I went on to look at this chart, which according to feedback I've gotten since then has really been kind of a mind-blowing experience, not from a drama perspective, but like, man, I can never imagine living this way. (laughs) This is really hard. So if you had the chart in front of you, which we do, and if you want it, we could always send it to you, I suppose. Uh, We will post it on Facebook. Okay. And maybe I'll include it when I, um, 
I've been only putting the podcast up on SoundCloud, which shoots it to the podcast subscription places, and I have not been, uh, I've not put the last few up on the website yet, but when I put it up on the website, I can include a link to the chart. Great. That's awesome. And if you're having trouble finding it, because I know that's confusing, um, then uh, send us an email. Okay. So it's a cute little chart, which I'm going to keep handy for me. And it's sort of like the picture of a, a, of a bullseye. And in the center of it is what my responsibility is. And, you know, I think we're kind of clear on what our responsibility is. So let's just review it. And then we'll get back into the mind-blowing part of it. You know, what we say, how we behave, what we do, how much effort we put into things, our mistakes, our ideas, our feelings, and the consequences of our actions. That's all our responsibility. We own that. People don't make us feel. People don't make us make mistakes. Uh, People don't make us have bad ideas. People don't make us behave poorly. This is, we own all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you read it and you say, yeah, that's right. Maybe we think of a couple of exceptions where we feel like our behavior was mitigated by something somebody else did. But I mean, most people aren't going to push back on this. But where people really were disturbed was the outer ring of the bullseye that said, this is not my responsibility. Which, if you think about it, not my responsibility, then I don't need to think about it. I don't need to ruminate over it. I don't need to invest emotional energy on it. I don't need to do anything about it. Right. And um, so... This is not my responsibility. Other people's words are not my responsibility. Just not mine to do. To that end, I saw this great interview with Tony Bennett. (laughs) You've got a... Wahoo wah. You've got a woman crush on Tony Bennett. I do. He's so cute, but he also seems like a decent guy. And if we find out something scandalous about him, I'm going to be very upset. Don't, don't keep your hopes up. But I am keeping my hopes up. So he was doing an interview. And for those of you who are ill-informed about the world of sports, uh, they lost a number one seed. He's the, Virgin, for, he's the University of Virginia's basketball coach. Yeah. Univ- EVA's basketball. basketball coach, head basketball coach, great team. Last year rated, uh, seeded number one in the NCAA basketball March Madness, Madness, and they lost to a 16th seed in the first round, first time in history, a stunning defeat, right? Yep. And um, it was really upsetting to them, and the players and coaches have said that before. But what he said ultimately about that is, if you're going to play in the big arena, you've got to have the character to lose in the big arena. And... Your ability to lose in the big arena is not dependent on what other people say about you. It's about what you think and believe about yourself. And he was really talking about having a sturdy 
internal boundary that says, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what Bob Lipper writes about me in the Richmond Times-Dispatch as much as it matters what I say to myself, my efforts, my actions, how I correct my mistakes, on and on and on. And I loved that because what he was saying is, what other people say about me is none of my business and it's not my responsibility. Right. Um, and the same thing goes for other people's mistakes and other people's beliefs. And, you know, you and I have gotten into some discussions about how quick people are to judge the sins and mistakes of other people, right? Yes. Uh, particularly if they're ones that they cannot personally relate to. Yep. Um, and this... It's an easy way to feel superior. Yeah. And I think this chart says, don't do that anymore. In fact, I concluded with a phrase that says, stop with all this nonsense about love the sinner, hate the sin. That's ridiculous. Love the sinner and hate your sin. And let's just focus on that. That puts us in the bullseye of what's my responsibility, right? Yep. But I don't need to get into big old long discussions about whether behavior X or Y is or is not a sin unless it's my sin, gall darn it. Um, um, yes, um, there are. There are exceptions. There are obviously exceptions to that when you have to protect a community. Yes. When you have to um, mediate conflict, when right. you have to. I mean, there there's times where this stuff becomes other people's responsibility to facilitate dealing with. But as a general rule, in terms of pushing ourselves away from, you know, what you're specifically addressing is the feeling of superiority that comes from looking at other people's misdeeds when they're different from ours and saying, well, at least I'm not like that person. Right. When in reality, you're just like that person. It just happens that you have a different sin set than that person. Right. And that clearly this chart does not apply when you are in a position of uh, service, leadership, accountability, um, intimate relationship with, right? Yeah, this is about... This is about not bringing accountability uh, conversations and behaviors into spaces where that's uh, where you haven't been given permission to do so. Right. This is a this this is about um, knowing your place in a relationship. Right. So yes, that's a great clarification. Thank you. Um, and it goes on, you know, you're not responsible for other people's ideas or opinions or actions or even the consequences of other people's actions. And you're not responsible for other people's feelings. That doesn't mean that you're not responsible for treating other people with dignity and respect, right? Right. You, uh, right. That's about, you know, when you hurt somebody's feelings... That isn't a problem. The problem isn't that you haven't been responsible for their feelings. The problem is you haven't been responsible for your own call to treat other people with dignity and respect. Right. Or there's been a misunderstanding. Right. And that just has to be sorted through conversationally. Exactly. So simple little chart. 
difficult application. Um, I'm planning on using it daily to stare at. Um, and then in terms of the reason why I think this might be valuable, and, and we had an after-meeting meeting, those are always great, where a group of us stood around and said, how much free time would we have in the space between our ears if we really took this chart seriously? Yeah. That would be, like, amazing. <laughs> um. So yeah, I uh, I liked the chart as it applied in a real practical way to thinking about giving ourselves a way to evaluate ourselves in in real time about what we're doing, what we're responsible for, knowing that this is really good work because it will it will strengthen our faith and improve our relationships and I think, make us reasonably happier people because this is, this is a way to really um, get out some of the junk in our trunk. It's yeah, it helps, helps shift focus from some unproductive stuff that we, can, yeah. that we often are tempted to get trapped in, whether it's thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. Uh, we all have patterns of getting stuck in certain ways, uh, in certain unproductive ways. And um, this allows us to focus on the things that we can be productive uh, doing. And so, so yeah, you'll send me this chart. I will send you this chart. Okay. We'll get that forthwith. I will, I will send it in a rolled scroll. With, with haste. Via the Pony Express. How about there, that? Yeah, well, you'll never get it then. <laughs> Yeah, this that's that's it for me. You're feeling good? Well, I'm feeling whoa, like... Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you hear that? Is it music? There's music. Is it by Blue Dot Sessions? It is by Blue Dot Sessions. And they, can you find it at sessions.blue? Yes, that's correct. And you can find us on the web at www.northstarcommunity.com. Or at our local North Star Community location in Richmond, Virginia. If you're in Richmond, please stop by. Uh, we would love to meet you. This has been fun. This has been an uh, enjoyable little uh, interlude in our day. Scott McBean, thank you very much for having quality time with me. All right. Thank you for being grateful to be with me. And I'm going <laughs> to head back to the salt mines of my office. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.